Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revelle. Dennis Newman, it's going to be almost the cliche of another big weekend in Speedway coming up this weekend. I'm not apologising for it, but it is going to feel like that every week because there's just so much going on. And uh, well, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks very much, Craig. Yes, and it is the high time of the uh, Speedway season. Absolutely. Uh, plenty happening, of course, and all attention in Australian Speedway is uh, at the Premier Speedway Warrnambool this weekend with the, the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic, which I guess is our equivalent to the Knoxville National. And, of course, they are mated together in a lot of ways, as we know, over the years. So a, a great occasion, but there, there has been plenty happening. And, and it's good that uh, the bike scene, too, it's been many, many years. We're going to talk about what happened over in Perth at Pinjar Park with uh, two test matches, uh, Friday and a Saturday night. Uh, between Australia and uh, Great Britain many, many years since that has happened. So uh, it, it's a very good season this season with a lot of action, be it two, three and four wheels mm. break. The great thing about that Australia-Great Britain test, which I thought was uh, fascinating, was they ran it on two completely different circuits at Pinjar Park. They play, ran it on the Wolfie yep. track, the big track, on the Friday yep. night, and then they went on to the, the more traditional 400-odd metre Pinjar Park yep. layout yep. on the Saturday. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's you right. know, yeah. great racing yep. on both occasions and some fantastic young drivers representing yep. both countries, from the West, some young well, Aussies, and yep. from well, Great Britain. Right. They brought out a, a very, very interesting team of, of riders who are maybe not in the Premiership but are working their way very quickly towards it. Yeah, well, you you look at Dan Booley and, and Drew Kemp and Leon Flint, Jason Edwards. You know these these guys. They, you know they're 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 blooding them at international level, and of course guided by three times world champion Ty Wolfenden, um, it was a pretty strong outfit, and and that is uh, reflected in the scores on the first night. It was Great Britain fifty and Australia uh, thirty nine, so a pretty significant uh, victory there. Uh, on the second night, um, uh, Great Britain again um, dominated and won 54 to 36. Now, uh, the Australian lineup, um, one rider who doesn't need any introduction, uh, Jason Crump. Now, Jason, of course, um, three times World Speedway champion and, and the man who really put Australia back on the map after so many years before Australia provided another world individual speedway champion at senior level now he won his first title in 2004 and the last time anyone had done that was way back in 1952 with uh, the late great jack young from south australia who won back-to-back titles 1951 and 52 so jason and still heavily involved in one form or another and uh, on the um on the saturday night he top scored for australia with uh, 10 points cameron heaps Scored nine. Fraser Bowes on seven plus two uh, bonus points. Dakota Ballantyne, seven. Daniel Winchester, two plus two bonus points. And um, 
curtailed Valentine with one. But the most significant part about all of this is uh, Craig Jason Crump. It, it, it's great to have him uh, involved in this test series. And, and I think it's good. You know, this is what years ago, as you know, um, and many of your listeners will recall this, the Australia versus Great Britain bike test were pretty synonymous in the framework of each summer speedway season in Australia. Yep, it was an important part. And Jason spoke to the crowd and the viewing audience online and spoke about getting back on the bike. He was on a on the microphone during the Australian Speedway Championships. He swapped that microphone for a bike and was uh, up to speed rather quickly. Uh, you know, it's, it's really funny because it's like riding a bike. You kind of don't forget. Um, Clearly I can't go as fast as Ty or Dan now, but um, I remember the days when I could and it's nice to have a ride. I'm, I'm glad that I'm 44 and I can still come out and have a bit of fun on the bike. Last night and tonight were two really good meetings, they're great to be part of. Um, ATPI have done a great job sending the English boys to Australia. Ty with his involvement, um, you know, the, the boys can't ask for a better role model, can they? A funny story, Dennis. When my partner first heard Ty Wolfenden talking uh, at an interview on the Speedway Grand Prix, she goes, oh, that Aussie boy, he's pretty good, isn't he? And I've gone, actually, he's from Great Britain. And she said, no way. She said, now you're just, you know, taking a lend of me. I said, no, no, he's the uh, Great Britain's world champion. (laughs) Then I explained the situation that he actually grew up in Western Australia. That's right, and, and he and he grew up in Western Australia, and, and virtually used Australia as a stepping stone to international glory, um, and and then representing Great Britain. A bit of a story in itself, isn't it? It is, <laughs> and probably another story for another day. <laughs> he did win, uh, as well as being uh, the victorious captain of the Great Britain team here at this Test Friendly which is hard to believe any test match is friendly, but it was a test friendly as far as the uh, FIM was concerned. But he also took out the race in honour of his father, who was a, a world credential yeah. rider in England and then came over to Western Australian Road here as well. So he had a, a big weekend of riding and he yeah. spoke about coming together and getting the whole test match up and running. Yeah, so it all started about a year ago. Um, Man Marshall was throwing ideas around and I said... You know, why don't we try to get GB out here and do some test matches? And, um, you know, six months down the line, we hadn't really got it nailed yet. We were just waiting for the Speedway Nations in Russia to get it done out of the way. And, uh, yeah, we, we made it happen. Um, you know, ATPI has flown all the guys out here, so we can't thank them enough. And, um, you know, all the all the sponsors of GB. And, you know, the, these kids that you see here racing, they're the future for, for Great Britain. And, um, you know, it's just cool to come out and do something because... This time of year, they're sat in the house in England at, you know, minus two degrees and not doing anything. So, you know, what a great opportunity to get out here. They're all young. Some of them haven't even got driver's licences and, um, you know, they've just been getting by and, and enjoying it. And, um, you know, no parents out here. They're just living their lives and um, that's what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this is a, a annual thing and we can do this every year. And, you know, you guys don't actually know what was going on behind the scenes, but last week two of the riders from the East Coast pulled out. Um, you know, and a few of the boys here, you know, and Crumpy on a week's notice have flown out to, to make it happen. So um, massive congratulations to them guys for coming out and, you know, hopefully um, hopefully the old boy will um, come out and cut some laps here next year. As it was a friendly, 
all those riders get test match caps yep. for their efforts. So well, it was well, a serious well, outing. And congratulations to what were mostly young Western Australia riders who put yeah, in some fantastic efforts. They yeah, uh, yeah. really did do a great job and they represented Australia extremely well. Just as a footnote to that too, Craig, our Great Britain boss, uh, Simon C, um, hopes, he's really hopeful to, to make this an annual thing now um, because of the success of it. Not only because Great Britain won 2 nil, which is always always the icing on the cake, but, you know, the, these boys, uh, this, this is years and years and decades ago, this is what used to happen. The, the young, aspiring British speedway riders were, were picked into a test side by Nigel Bukoff and, and they'd come to Australia. And and uh, one one rider in the Great Britain lineup who they've got huge wraps on is Dan Burley. Now, this will do him the world of good. Now, you know, he was second to, to tie in the points uh, on the first night, scored 12 with a bonus point as well. And, um, you know, he, he's, um, he, he's a very good speedway rider. The same with uh, the, the first meeting, he scored 10 plus bonus one point, um, a bonus point to ties 14. So they were the two lead scorers, Ty and Dan Burley, and, and there's big wraps on him in, in Great Britain, I can tell you. So uh, it's a great series, a great result, and, and let's hope it is an annual event, and let's hope it expands so that it comes over to the eastern side of Australia, and maybe one day, Craig, we could get back to a seven series or a five series on a full national scale like we used to have years ago. It's not a case of wanting to go back in time and all that. No, it's it's part of what was the framework and very successful promotions in Australian Speedway and it's been missing for a long, long time. And and really, uh, as a Speedway fan, I guess you could say, it's a long overdue play. It really is. Well, whilst we saw some great bike racing action in the West last weekend, it was fascinating to see how many rainouts we had across the East Coast. And it, oh. was, it was amazing just to see uh, what, you know, what the weather, and particularly having been based here in Canberra, uh, we've had fires closing down parts of Canberra and Queanbeyan today. And on Monday, hailstones that have taken out anyone that had a car parked outside. Well, well, the major sprint car race in Brisbane, of course, you know, that, that went under. Um, and also, too, um, David Landers, Castrol Edge, Lismore Speedway last Saturday night, that went under. The, the rain of Valvoline Raceway, their, their ultimate Speedway Nationals, they made the decision early on Friday morning to can the entire weekend. And uh, both Friday and Saturday nights, the, the ground was underwater. Um, by Friday morning, there was no way they were going to get the two nights uh, run. So, it, yes, I mean, but you know what, though? Um, I do feel, Craig, it's, a lot of people were just happy to see the rain. Yes. You know, like um, David Landers spoke to me and, and he said, look, we need to um, get this out. He ranked me at quarter to seven on Saturday morning last week to say it was off. Uh, and, and he said, you know what? He said, normally I would be saying, oh, geez, we've lost the meeting through the rain. But he said, we know the devastation of the bushfires, rain in that area, the Northern Rivers area of Queensland, of New South Wales and Southern Queensland, and other parts of Australia did get uh, rain. And I don't think anyone, nobody in Sydney was complaining about the two-night washout at Valvoline Raceway. And I think I can reflect right across the country. 
you know, we needed rain and we got it. And the good part about it, I know, I know in the northern area of New South Wales and across New South Wales, um, there, there were drought stricken areas that got heavy downfall. So, um, that's, that's what we really need. Speaking of the rain, Craig, it even struck again last night at Avalon Raceway, uh, with the President's Cup and, uh, some races were run, some heat and then the deluge and the rest of the, the meeting was washed out. Mm. But I guess with everything we've been through, we don't mind a bit of rain. No. <laughs> I and, will, and the good news. I will say, <laughs> and the good news was down in Tasmania, where the super sedans have had a, a big group of races going on over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, the um, mm. the shootout at Carrick Speedway mm. was rained out. La- um, mm. Well, has been called off. Recording here on Thursday, so it'll be last night when people are listening. Um, yep. But the weekend before, national champion Matt Pascoe, he took yep. out a win at Latrobe, and uh, right. it was a a great. Great victory in the Super Sedan Grand Prix, yep. the Australian yep. Super Sedan Grand Prix. Pasco, then it was Queenslander yep. Darren Kane yep. and well, Tasmanian like Steve Latham that took out the podium yep. after fifty how laps many, of racing. Yeah, how many times have Matt Pasco and Darren Kane fought out a Super Sedan main event, be it whatever it is, Australian title, national, the state title, or any major open competition event? They are two. Fine example, and you know Darren, Darren Kane, um, uh, and and Matt Pascoe, both in either super sedans or late models. You know they diversify their interests considerably, but both are great advertisements for Australian sedan racing. Mm. Two, two fine ambassadors, you well, know, and and very very close friends off the track mm. as well. Well, at Hobart Raceway over the Australia Day long weekend, and oh, I guess I'm. Uh, preempting uh, the close of the show, but uh, the Grand National, the Super Sedan Grand National is down there at Solo Hobart Raceway. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that pans out and uh, we'll certainly follow it up on next week's show. But we've got a real treat on Promoters Week this week on Inside Speedway. Oh, yes, the one and only Con Migro, and it was great to chat with him. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the dirttrackchannel.com. Well, we're joined this week, Dennis, by a man that you know very well. He helped you out with Speedway Legends, of course, that's on sale now. But Con Migro, thanks for joining us. Good on you, Craig, and how are you, Dennis? Good to speak to both of you. Yeah, good, good, uh, Con. How are you today? And beautiful, the Golden West, as I call it, Con. Well, you couldn't ask for a better day than we are at the moment. I'm at a place called Mandoon. It's a magnificent winery about 35 minutes from the centre of the city of Perth, not far from the Perth International Airport. As I'm talking to you, international jets are flying above us and the grass is green. It looks magnificent. <laughs> Just another, another day in God's country. <laughs> in paradise, yeah. Con, what we were interested in talking to you first about, you had an illustrious career as a promoter of Speedway, and you were involved in what would have been a very, very difficult time for Speedway in Perth particularly when Claremont, the home of Speedway in the West, was closing down and moving out to Kiwana. Can you talk us through some of the challenges that you faced with that move? Well, originally I took over Claremont Speedway after the late Orb Lawson. um, Well, he was still alive at the time, but he took very ill. And um, he asked me, would I take over the running of the speedway? I was very close to all for many years. 
helping him out with different things along the place. And um, so then I run Claremont for the next 32 years at the Claremont Showgrounds. And um, about two years before we finished there, we were told by our landlords, the Royal Agriculture Society, that um, they were going to not renew our license or our lease agreement. And so that sent shockwaves through me and the whole fraternity in West Australia. I was fortunate to be a very good friend of the Premier of West Australia at the time, Richard Court. He was the Liberal Premier, and he and I spoke to him about it, and he told me that if ever we ever were in trouble, to go and speak to him because um, he felt that Claremont Speedway, when it started up, was like the sound of summer. And so well, I went and saw him, and uh, then he put a committee together and headed by Graham Curith, who was a minister in his government, and we ended up in a location called Quinana Beach where we're now running the speedway and the drags. Con, I guess uh, this is very close to you, what is currently happening here in Sydney with Valvoline Raceway, almost a, a very, very identical uh, set of circumstances. What, what's your take on what's happening in Sydney at the moment? Well, it's, it's similar to what happened to us, I'm sure. Um, unfortunately, um, these, these things happen to Speedway um, because we haven't had a, and got a permanent home. The government now said they want to do something else with the land at Parramatta and that they're going to move them out now. Um, I think at the moment there'll be a lot of fear going through the competitors and also the, the op, Barry and his wife, Felicity. I'm sure they're feeling the pangs of what the future will like. But I tell them not to fear too much because uh, after a couple of years operating in the new venue, it'll be just a, a distant memory, Parramatta, and they'll be operating at a brand spanking new venue, and uh, it'll probably even be better than what they've got now. And if, if they build it similar to what we've done at, at, um, at Quinana Beach, they'll have a world-class facility. How do you go about managing a project like that? How do you keep all the stakeholders well, together? And uh, we had Howard Revell on the show last week, and his fear was you'd have an exodus of competitors who don't like change. Well, no, no one really likes change. And bet you even Barry and Felicity don't like change. I didn't like change. But when it's forced upon you, you've got to be realistic. Now, the competitors that are, have got all their money tied up in the machinery, they have got to realise that they know that in uh, 12 or 18 months' time that they're going to move from Paramount and they're going to a brand new venue, no matter where it is in the in, uh, metropolitan area of Sydney, um, they've got something to look forward to. And that's their, their, um, that's all they really need to be told. They've got a venue to go to and providing that they're patient and they stick by uh, the, the, their commitment to, to racing speedway they've got not a problem because um, the, the venue they will have then um, is probably world-class and be better than what they've got at Parramatta and that's all they've got to really be worried about because it's Felicity and, um, and Barry that have got the main problem because they have to marry together. And, and, of course, when the venue is being built and it's going to be built by the New South Wales government, they won't have a, a lot to say. They'll have a fair bit of input at the beginning, but once the engineers, the architects and the likes get around and start building the venue, um, the, the really they don't have anything to worry about until such time as it's handover time. I guess, uh, Con, uh, dealing with a state government uh, is a bit like walking a tightrope. It can be a bit of a de delicate situation at times. What what particular strategies did you use, what you knew, how far you could go to push your viewpoint? How did you actually handle the administrative side of it, Con? Well, that wasn't a, an extremely difficult job. I mean, look, if they... If they'd been given the task to, to relocate Parramatta, and once you, um, the, like the Parramatta people and the architects and the engineers and the like have um, 
decided what and where they're going to put the actual uh, venue or the speedway, they then um, can build it according to their likes. Now, along the line, there'll be regular meetings. And at those regular meetings, any concerns that they might have, they bring them to the table and uh, they'll be able to uh, thrash them out there and then. If there's something they don't like, they'll change. And if there's something they want and haven't got, they'll be able to do it. So um, I don't think it's a major problem. Quite frankly, it's not dissimilar to building a house or a, or a block of flats or a factory for that matter. You, you roll along and, and work with builders and the, and the architects. I guess one thing here too, uh, we, we have as the national controlling body, Speedway Australia involved in this as well, plus Barry and Felicity Waldron. And I guess the, the most important factor here is every, everyone's singing from the same page. Um, the viewpoints, differing opinions can sometimes potentially railroad, railroad a situation like this, which at, at best is very delicate. I mean, it's the sure, future sure. of Sydney Speedway. Absolutely, and um, and really, the, the only time that I think that Speedway Australia should get involved, or any other um, um, controlling body should get involved, is when the venue's up and running. Because at the meantime, if Felicity and Barry are going to get the green flag to uh, to operate the, the venue, well, then they have got to put their two bobs worth. And by all means, talk to the stakeholders, the drivers, um, the sprint cars, the speed cars, the late model guys, all those sorts of people, get their input into how they want the track. And, uh, and they go from there. I mean, we, they really wouldn't have to go much further than to Perth, Western Australia, where we've got a venue um, which would fit the criteria of any, any venue in the world. In fact, we've had several leading drivers here in only this season, they, and they can't believe how good the place is at Cronana Beach. So, but really, um, Sydney is not dissimilar to Perth, and I think that if they get a venue like similar to what we've got, well, then, you know, it's, it's a green flag all the way for everyone. Quanana um, is an interesting situation. Uh, Con, is it a government-owned facilities that you yes. guys lease, or is it a private facility that you were able to acquire? It's, it's owned by, by the state government of Western Australia, and um, they have um, a license agreement with us, and uh, we operate on that license or lease agreement, and, um, and and that's how we operate the venue at the moment. Uh, at the moment, because uh, when there was some uh, problem some years ago, we, we have actually relinquished the, the control. So really at this stage, it is a venue owned by the state government and run by their associate called Venues West, which controls the new football stadium, the cricket stadium, the hockey stadium, and the swimming pool stadium. So really at the moment, it's being operated by Venues West and the people that are running it are running it for them. And I'll get you to comment on a point here. There's, there's one significant and very salient point that... Um, has come, come up here with all of the uh, discussion over the future of uh, Speedway in Sydney. Uh, Barry and Felicity Waldron were looking at a site further down past uh, the uh, main complex of the Eastern uh, Cross Motorsport Park uh, near the uh, Lighthorse uh, Interchange, the, uh, mm. the freeway system. And uh, allegedly, this venue at Eastern Creek, where the Speedway is, is proposed, is probably not as big as far as land size as what Barry and Felicity wanted. Plus, do you see any problems? I know you work very closely where you are. You've got a drag race complex virtually right beside you. Did you ever encounter any problems of both drag racing and Speedway running on the same night? I, I point to the fact that Boxing Night for Speedway, Australian Speedway, is potentially the, the best and biggest 
night of the year. And, of course, that is also a very big occasion for drag race. Do you, do well, you no, I, for a start, you wouldn't run on the one night. We have one week speedway, the next week drags. I know people throw their arms in and say it can't work, but it does. Speedway is traditionally a Boxing Day show. I would suggest to say that um, Speedway should be given the green light or the nod to continue yeah. on a boxing on Boxing Day. Um, you know, it, and then it would roll along and it'd probably be a lot of help for the competitors. It gives them another extra week to prepare their, their machinery. And uh, and the crowd, once they get used to going one week to Speedway and one week to drags, uh, it works out okay. And, and I can't see any problem. But, but, but that side of it really is not, I really shouldn't comment uh, what they should do in Sydney. All I know is what we've done in Western Australia. And we were a Friday night track. We used to run anywhere between 25 and 35 race meetings from October to sometimes the end of April. And what we've done now, we've worked extremely successful. In fact, this year, we're probably enjoying one of our best years in, in the 20 years that we've been there. So it's, it's been a long haul, but Speedway's not like football and horse racing or cricket. We don't get the publicity uh, that those sports get unless something goes wrong. So um, I think that really... It, it, they, they're probably fearing things that might never happen, but that's for them to decide. I think one point here, my personal viewpoint, everyone has kind of an opinion on what sort of a track it has to be, big, large, small, indifferent, but I just think it's got to be a carbon copy of the Perth Motorflex. Now, yeah. some people may not agree with that here in Sydney, and some, some comments are positive towards that, some are negative, mm-hmm. but I tell you, you know what the Perth Motorflex has achieved, and, it, and it's a great venue for today's race car technology, and it's a big, wide, open spaces venue to suit today's race car technology. I don't believe we need a ball where there's crashes on every corner. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I think myself, well, I think that, you know, we've got a 500-metre uh, lap, a track to one lap, 22 metres wide. It's high bank, 3.5-metre banking in the middle of the turn, a little bit like a velodrome. And, um, you know, really, you wouldn't want to have anything different. Because why would you want to reinvent the wheel? We've already got something that's operating. And it's not, and it won't be dissimilar to what Paramount have got now. So I don't know what people would be fearing. I just can't understand why they should be even worrying about that. I mean, once they get a venue, they'll learn to drive it. I mean, if it's a 400-meter track, it's not going to be as exciting for cars. A 500-meter track, you really get some magnificent spectrum, particularly if you're going down the path of speed cars, late models, and sprint cars, which you are, and you are have been. Why would you want to change that? Well, we've got to con. Most of the racetracks around Australia, uh, not all, but there is a percentage, were built long before sprint cars technology. That's right. And, and that's right. that goes for speed cars and sedans, late models as well. So I think and you know something, to... and the good thing about Australian Speedway now is that because we've gone down the sprint car, speed car, late model um, way, and the fans want to see that. I mean, in all due respect to any other discipline at race on, a, on speedways in Australia, sprint cars are still the biggest draw card on Australian speedway, followed by the late models and the speed cars in a pretty close proximity. You know, and but you've got a track then that, like we've got, that can lend itself to providing excellent racing for every one of those disciplines. Totally agree, and of course, let's not also con to get another important sector which is very close to you as it is to me and Craig and a lot of real other genuine Speedway followers, the bikes. We must get bikes back into the Sydney scene, I believe. They've been I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Absent since 1982. So I well, we've got a bike We've got a tra- bike track inside of the car track. A lot of people yep. criticise it, but let me tell you that they are racing and racing successfully, safely. Um, yep. You can never put them on a clay track, so let's forget about that. If you put them on a clay track, you'll be visiting the local yep. cemetery once a week. 
put them yep. on a special bike track. Liverpool run them successfully with bikes on the infield. 95% of the British League tracks, I've been to every track in England more than once. I've been to every major track in the world more than once without being a big head. I'm just trying to tell you that, you know, believe you me, that when we put the bikes on, we just had Ty Wilkin there last week. Oh, you, and I mean, you, you just could not believe just how good the spectacle was. Yes, yeah, some people criticise. Some people say, oh, I want to, just want to see you at the Games of Safety event. But one thing we're doing, we're not, we're not um, really severely hurting people when they crash because well, the fence well, to the right. speedway track's 22 metres away. Mm. Yeah. Well, as I say, in, in Sydney since 1982, bikes have not been seen on a regular basis. Occasionally one-off meetings uh, here and there, and of course at the Sydney showground on a one-off yearly meeting since 1988. But on a regular weekly basis, a regular part of the Sydney Speedway scene, bikes have gone missing since 1982. And I yeah, do really right. think it's about time they came back into the Yeah, and, but they've also got to realise too, that they're coming back into something new and they've got to give the place a chance to fix. All the criticism and talk about Sydney Showground closed 40 years ago. Claremont closed 20 years ago. Those days have gone. They're great memories. They'll never come back. So if they can get a brand new speedway track to ride on side, inside the car track, they've got the best of two. Well, if you've got sufficient land out there, you can build another bike separate, uh, track separately. But the problem you'll have then, you'll have to have the same amount of facilities. So it would cost as nearly as much to build as a speedway bike track as it is a car track. They have them separate, so why not have them in the one venue and you can kill two bears with one stone? Let's move on and talk about 32 years of Speedway promotion. You, you mentioned yeah. Orb Lawson came to you to take over yeah. the Claremont Showground. What was your business acumen before full-time promotion of Speedway? Well, I was a company rep um, for a big a painting company, paint company called Walk Mule Paint. I had done several night school courses in sales, sales management lots, but I was mainly just an enthusiastic speedway person like you two um, that loved the sport. And Orb Lawson um, saw uh, something in me um, that he thought that he always said to me, I would like you one day to be the man that takes the place over. And that's exactly what I've done. Uh, that's what I, I did. And, and that's what happened in the end. Yeah. That, that was uh, not a, a thing that I'd planned really. Um, I was quite happy doing what I was doing, but when he got ill and then he asked me to take the place over and, as they say, the rest is history. I probably guided Claremont through its most successful period of its, of its life. So either that was good judgment on the part of mine or good ju no, judgment on the part of Orb. Let me say it was a dual, a double thing, but we, we, I got the job done and, 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 and Speedway was a very big part of the, the sporting fabric of Western Australia. What was that first when you took control? I can't really remember it much. I know I was as nervous as a kitten. Unfortunately, the second night I run the venue, there was a fatality uh, and that was something that I had never prepared myself for. And that was a, a terrible thing to happen. But uh, There's you know, no, I believe. Yeah, but the things that, you know, those things that happen, and that's why when we had a wish list building our venue, we took the bikes away from the safety fence um, because when guys hurt, got hurt, I'm saying no one can get that, uh, can get killed at the motorbikes because that would be silly for me to say that. But at the bike track, when 95% of the boys, they hit the safety fence, and that was where they got horrific injuries. So we built a bike track inside the car track, mainly from a safety point of view. And a lot of the old people don't like it, but, but at the end of the time, like, we can go to bed at night, put our head in the pillow, and know that we have done everything in our power to keep it as safe as what we can for a sport that we love. I'm fascinated by the fact, Con, that in Western Australia, there's approximately 24 speedways operating across what is a very large state, and when mm. you compare that to circuit racing, there's one track. It, it goes yep. to show the popularity there and the importance of it. Well, I think it's actually more, but, but, but let's say 24, 25. But the thing is that, yeah, look, 
mean, there's no comparison with the exception of the V8 supercars. Speedway is the biggest form of motor racing in the country. And that's not just in Western Australia. It's all around Australia. And this is the thing that really sometimes sticks up my throat when, when often you'll, uh, we don't get any um, general publicity. And I probably shouldn't say this unless something goes wrong. But the VH supercars get it. And when we, sometimes we get more people at a practice session on a Wednesday night at the Quinana Beach than they get at Bardigallo Raceway in the season. You know what I mean? Um, and that's our major road racing circuit. Um, yeah, look, that's one of my bones of contention. But I think we're always going to bitch about that. <laughs> I just think it's one of those hardy annuals. And I suppose we're like farmers. Where we don't get enough rain. We complain. And when we get too much rain, we still complain. Haven't we had long conversations, kind about the media and oh. Speedway going back over the years? <laughs> well, it's how it's turned around. Like what you're doing in Sydney now is remarkable. I mean, like we had that in Perth a long time. We haven't got it at the moment, but we'll get it back. I'm sure we will. <laughs> you, you know, Con, you, you probably were, I believe, a man ahead of your time. And I use the example back in 1987. We see so many Americans now, commonplace in Australian speedway, American sprint car drivers racing here. And, of course, the forerunner of the Outlaws Down Under was what you did in 1987 with the World Sprint Car Championship. And you brought to Australia a very much unknown very young, just starting off his career, Jeff Gordon. He was 14 years of age. I remember, I could see it like it happened yesterday. He went on the outside of George Tatnell. George Tatnell would have got windburn. I think George took a look out the right-hand side of his cockpit and said, where in the hell did this kid come from? And he won the feature race on the Friday night. Uh, he next time we brought him back two years later when he was 16 in a speed car. And then the next time we saw him, he was one of the world's highest paid motor racing car drivers because he was driving NASCAR. Uh, a really wonderful benefit. But we, we happened to have an opportunity to see those guys when I toured America on a regular basis. And when I saw him race the first time, I said to Bobby Trussell, said, Bob, we've got to get that kid to come down under. I reckon he'll be a sensation. We had 12 Americans, four Kiwis, and 20 interstate drivers. And uh, we run it over a Friday, Saturday, uh, a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the at, at Claremont Speedway. And to this day, was the biggest crowd we'd had. It was a world sprint car title. And, of course, you tied it in with the America's Cup Festival. Yeah, great Festival promotion. Sport. Yes. A huge, a huge financial outlay. I mean, a massive outlay. And even today, if you were going to outlay that sort of money, you'd be trembling. And that's gives you know, I mean, that was 25, 30 years ago. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. how big it was. But, but you know, in those days, we didn't think of the, the, the failure or we ever thought of success. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and of course, it, it was a it was a forerunner of things to happen into the future, and it was massive. But, Con, I just want to touch on another point here, too. You, you've had a very long and very successful career in the media. You had your own Speedway show on radio. You've done television coverage for many, many years. You wrote columns in the West Australian newspapers, a Speedway column. You've, you've basically done everything you've done. You're in all Australian Speedway, Speedway Australia Hall of Fame. Is there one outstanding highlight of your career that you really feel so satisfied and is there something that really stands out in all the years you've been involved as a promoter and, and just right from the start, right from day one? Yeah, well, I still think that uh, we're doing, uh, I'm still doing a TV show called Night Fun on the Seven Network. Are? It's, uh, yes, and it's still current. And I feel pretty good. I'm in my 70s and it's still being done. Um, look, uh, yes, I think the, the World Spring Car Toll in 87 was the highlight. Another one was the, the Night or the night that I was able to contract Ollie Olsen and Ivan Major to clash at Claremont, and that was just mind-boggling to think I had two of those guys, two very dear friends of mine. Uh, that was good. 
but I've had many highlights. Um, but I think that the the World Sprint Car title was a bit of the icing on the cake, and all uh, having uh, Ollie and, um, and and Ivan clash at, at Clermont. But but there are many other great uh, days in sidecars. You know, you can name it speed cars. I mean, I suppose I could sit down and talk to you for hours and hours and hours and still keep on thinking of something. Well, we we do on the phone quite often, Con. Yeah, we do, don't we? (laughs) But, Con, i just got to say one thing, a bit of self-indulgence here probably. I suppose you remember the day and the night how you and I met under a torrential downpour on the infield of the Sydney Showground, the Craven Fuel, the National Speed Car Drivers' Championship, February 1971, and I remember no. I was standing, I was standing out in the rain, getting drenched to the skin. I mean, the heavens opened like you wouldn't believe. And I mm. saw you standing under there, so I raced under the umbrella. And it, you never even flinched; you just kept calling the race in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my job. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I, I was caught, sent to Perth to call that round. I, I did the all offy race, which was had Blair yeah. Shepherd and Ronnie Wanderson yeah, on his yeah, Billy Goodies in it. So, so yeah, that, that, that was some memory. Look. I suppose when I look back on my life, I've, I, I like you went to Indianapolis last year, and I haven't called any like you have, but but I've called some of the biggest races in the world, and, and that's been a, a bit of a buzz. I still get a, quite a, a kick out of being involved in Speedway. Young Gavin has got the job. He raced from the age of ten till he was forty, and he raced the last eighteen years of his Speedway career in um, in, in sprint cars. And now he runs the show, um, and he's doing a damn good job. So uh, I suppose that there's another a little highlight that I probably should never forget that the name of my greatest in, in the forefront of Australian, West Australian Speedway for 50 years. Yes, he has. It, it, it runs in the family. Con, I must say, from that night onwards, it, it has been a fabulous uh, friendship between you and I. Yes, it's always, always a great delight to talk to you, Con. We, yes. as I say, we're, for, the, for the benefit of the listeners, we, we talk to each other quite a lot here. And, we do, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's great to catch up with you on, on the yeah. show again, Con. For sure, mate. Well, thanks very much for having me. And I'd say any time that both of you want to have a yak to me, don't hesitate to ring me because I, I, I'd love to I'd love to send spread the gospel of Speedway as they say Well Dennis it's great to speak to Mr Speedway Con Migro there and I'm sure we'll get him back on the show at some stage because there's plenty more stories to tell as uh, he, he, yeah. yes. he's got a million stories to tell a, a very very knowledgeable man who has seen the evolution of change in Australian Speedway going going right back in time even before he got involved with uh, Claremont as, as general manager, he was heavily involved with was the West Australian Speedcar Drivers Association doing some promotions for them. So he's he's had a lifetime in the sport. It's, it's virtually, you know, he, he's a very decent man, very good man. And it was wonderful to have him on the show, and I'm sure we'll get him back again. Mm. He's got, a, as I said, he's got a million stories. <laughs> now, coming up this weekend, if you're a sprint car fan, there is only one place you will be, and that is down at Warrnambool for the Grand Annual. Isn't this race just fascinating, Craig? How it started off in the early '70s, and it was only a super modified race with a with a which which I think we could respectfully say a super modified race back in the early early '70s with a very flash name the Warrnambool Classic. The, the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic has developed into one of the iconic events on the world sprint car racing calendar. And, and full marks to the Premier Speedway Club over the years for developing this race into what it is today. It is a monumental event. There are many people out there who, who believe it is more carries more importance and is a bigger event 
than the Australian Sprint Car Championship, and I don't totally disagree with that. I've seen it develop over the years. It's been a magnificent spectacle. And again, you know, this year, Craig, you know the, the fascinating part about it is the American involvement. You could not get a better example than Kyle Larson. NASCAR star Kyle Larson last weekend won Chili Bowl, but would you think he might just rest on his laurels and take it easy after the Chili Bowl, a full week of racing? Oh, no, jumps on a plane and heads down to Australia to compete at the Grand Annual Spring Car Classic. How good is that? It doesn't get any better than this, Craig. No, that's right. And whilst we sort of missed it in the beginning of the show, but uh, Michael Piggin from New Zealand qualifying for the A-Main, a a fantastic effort, and then Australia's Caden Brown, who got through to the B-Main and put in a a fantastic uh, weekend of racing, or week of racing. Yeah, I was just going to get onto that while we were just preluding the the, the, the um, classic, just harking back to the Chili Bowl. What what a great achievement um, it's been for both uh, Caden Brown and, and, you know, Michael Pickens has been a regular there, as we know, over recent years. Caden um, uh, got through to the B-Mate. Now, interesting, um, and I don't know if many of your listeners realise this, uh, the question was asked this week, was that the best performance by an Australian getting so close to the A final of the Chili Bowl? The answer is no, it wasn't. The best performance come from none other than Caden's father, Mark Brown, who around 2006, 2007, off the top of my head, was one spot away in the B main from transferring to the A main. Now, that is the record. That is the best any Australian has ever gone and performed at the Chili Bowl. And quite incredibly, the father of Caden Brown. How about that? I mean, that's that's a great story in its own right. Yes, it is indeed. And we're looking forward to actually having a chat to a man who's very busy, Caden Brown, in the upcoming weeks. In fact, uh, I was messaging him this week. He's in New Zealand and we'll be doing some racing this weekend in New Zealand in the, well, they call them midgets over there, but I prefer the name Speed Cars myself. Yep, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, he's doing the New Zealand uh, Speed Car Championship. And then, of course, next weekend, it's uh, February 1, the Barry Butterworth Memorial, and he'll be competing in that as well. Uh, probably the most travel driver in Australian speed car racing at the present time. And, you know, 19 years of age, uh, already an Australian champion. And, I mean, what a future this boy's got. I mean, just fabulous. You know, the reports I've got out of the Chili Bowl, um, they, they were so impressed with Caden. And, and he wants to go back next year. That's that's the word already, you wow. know. And and he, and he will be doing more racing in America. And, you know, he's, he's got a great future in this I can understand so, that. He'll have, a, he'll have a host of Americans too um, over there tackling the the uh, New Zealand tracks because yep. whilst we've got Kyle Larson for the Grand Annual a number of the guys have left the Chili Bowl and, and decided to come over for what are two yep. really important races in the New Zealand Speedway calendar. Well well, that's exactly right. The likes, the likes of Chris Bell for example who came who came very close to, to winning the Chili Bowl um, you know he, he was looking again uh, 
I think he's won, though. Look, I haven't got the record here in front of me, but I think it's the last three. I think he's won. I mean, it's, it's, it's a continuation of a sequence of wins, put it that way. And he came very close, but I think lap 34, I'll uh, pass him. And, um, yeah, uh, the the the, uh, the American dominance as well at West Spring, um, at, at Auckland's West Spring Speedway, is very significant. And, and it is an international carnival every year, and it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, I think what I should ask you for is a pick for the Grand Annual this year. Well, you've got, you've got some pretty talented Americans. Tim Schaefer is there, of course. Uh, we know how good he is. But um, I've got to go for the bloke who's on a winning run at the moment, Kyle Lapp. I just think there's something about this man who he can win in that car, he can win in speed cars, he can win in sprint cars, and I just feel he'll get the job done at the brand sprint car club. Yeah, well, as you hear this, of course, the grand annual will be kicking off, and Kyle Larson will have had his first run in Australia because he's running at borderline probably warming up as we speak, Dennis. It's been great yep. to have you uh, with me once again for Inside Speedway and looking forward to seeing the results from this weekend. It's going to be a, yep. a, a great weekend of racing. Yep, very big, very busy weekend of racing too, Craig, and always a delight. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.